When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Bobby Okereke, inside linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts, and you are tuning into the Blue Stable Podcast. The Colts have stunned the Kansas City Chiefs, and they are now 1-1-1 on the season. They capture their first win of 2022. And Marcus, we are off to the races on the Blue Stable Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, if you enjoyed the Blue Stable, make sure you leave a like, give it a thumbs up, make sure you are subscribed, and turn on that notification bell. That way you are notified anytime content drops on our YouTube and you get to see it firsthand as well. Marcus, how you feeling, man? 20-17 to 17 is the final score. Colts get their first win. How I'm feeling? I'm feeling great, man. I, I'm like, I can feel like I can run through a wall right now. This, this energy that the Colts was bringing, Shaquille Leonard got me hype. He was on the sideline. The crowd was electric. And this is what you wanted to see from the Colts in general. Like, this team played amazing at the end of the stretch. Like, and to think that we could have even made this, the game could have been out of reach. The Colts could have won. But we're going to get into that later. It could have been a blowout, potentially. But we'll talk about that later. But right now, I'm feeling electric. Yeah, feeling electric is something that is a norm, basically. But, oh, my gosh, there's so many things to get into, guys. Y'all already know how we do this thing. We go what we liked, what we didn't like, and all that good stuff. There's going to be a little bit of both now. But as a win, you always got to talk about stuff that you liked after not having anything we liked in last week's game. So let's go ahead and start it off, man. Let's go ahead and get into what we liked. Special teams, special teams, man. Special teams had one hell of a day. I mean, when they had two punts, both punts were inside the 10-yard line, giving KC a very long field to work with. And then your first punt, you had Kansas City muffed it. Kylan Granson was there for the scoop, and we ended up scoring a touchdown. Obviously, man, special teams just had a great day all around. Had two field goals, Chase McLaughlin obviously coming through. We made a field goal, right? Field goal kicking was not an issue in this game, which we all love to see. Kansas City, however, did miss an extra point, I believe, and missed a field goal as well and had a what, what, a uh, unsuccessful pass attempt on a fake field goal. So, man, special teams played a huge part in this game, Marcus. But 
what what do you think? You know, the stay, staying on special teams, man. The impact that they had on this game was pretty big. Yeah, man, absolutely. Special teams did what they had to do. They came out and showed up. And nobody really understands, like, the importance of having a special teams on the roster and having that impact. It's like it boosts everything. Like, the defense is amped. The offense is like, all right, let's go. Like, those made field goals was just a breath of fresh air because we're so used to seeing our field goals not go in. And then the punts was just amazing. We got a dog at punter. We all know this. But Kylan Granson on special teams was a was a freaking unit. Like they were moving and the punts was just placed the punt placements were amazing. I love our special teams. Like if I had to take a trust factor out of the offense, defense, and special teams, I'd probably go special teams first. Cause I trust them more than any other position on the Colts. Absolutely. And Bubba Ventrone, the special teams coordinator, had himself a day. He dirt he definitely gets a uh a game ball from the team. Did you see that video post game of the team in the locker room? Frank Reich definitely looked like a fire was lit under him. A fire was definitely lit under this team seeing how Matt Ryan, you know, reacted to that touchdown on the sideline with what 20 seconds to go. Just so much emotion has built up in the first, you know, three weeks of the season. Not a lot, not anything, nothing has gone right for you. And to have all of that emotion come out, it it felt pretty good uh, to see that. But moving on here to the rookies, man, the rookies had a day. First off, let's go with Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce, man, he had a strong day today. He had a couple big catches, all right? The uh, the biggest one is obviously on the uh, last drive of the game. You need, you're like, what, second and 10? And there he is right there, a, a solid out route. And he catches a tough ball. It was in the air. It was really more of a concentration ca- uh, catch than anything. But more importantly, man, he was there looking up his um, stat line right now, trying to get that here for the Colts. Alec Pierce, three catches for 61 yards. That's production. That's something that you've missed for, from a wide receiver, too, in a long time. And he definitely showed up today. You had Jelani Woods. Jelani Woods, man, the the rookie, the the unproven product right, from the tight end. And this is what this is what I've been asking for, man. Tight end production. You see it. You see it. Tight end production. Two touchdowns from the tight end position that won you the game today. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, and if any of you are watching this on YouTube and are wondering why in the hell does Michael have a red shirt on, it's just my alma mater, y'all. It's just my alma mater. It's not Kansas City or anything, all right? It, this was going to a birthday party after this, so had to put something on, but this is not Kansas City uh, apparel here, okay? So Jelani Woods, okay, you got uh, you had two catches, 13 yards, but two touchdowns. And then you had Rodney Thomas. He came in, Julian Blackman uh, got injured in the second quarter, was out for the game with an ankle issue. Rodney Thomas came in, had a great pass breakup uh, that was intended for Kelsey down down the the field, in the middle of the field. Almost could have gone for a touchdown, but he came over, made a great play, a great break on the ball. Just a solid day all around from the Colts rookies. Oh, man, I loved it. And, you know, Going into week three, we was questioning this the whole time. It's like, you know, Ballard trusting the rookies and trusting the young guys. And today, 
they stepped up in one of the most important games of the season. Thomas' separation speed to break up that play on Kelsey was just flat out amazing because I didn't think he was going to get there at first. He closed the gap so fast and swatted it, just showed his true speed. I was like, all right, he's a dog. After that, I was like, he's a dog. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And Jelani Woods, two catches, two dots, two touchdowns, jump ball, come get me. That's a grown man right there. And he caught it both twice. And that's something you like to see out of a rook. I'm like, all right, okay, I see you. And then we didn't even got to talk about Alex Pierce. The first play on that one-yard line off of that punt, when Matt Ryan dropped back in that safety and lobbed it up to the sideline of that one one and Alec Pierce just grown man, a veteran, on the sideline, a rookie. I'm like, yep, that's he got it. He got it right there. But it's just the rookie stepping up on the biggest game so far this year is just a huge relief for Coles fans to see because they're not even fully developed yet, and they're showing you flashes of what they can do when they learn the game maybe two years or three years in. These guys are dogs. Like, they're just flat-out dogs and studs, and it's something you just love to see as a Colts fan in general, man. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, and this was their home opener for this game, and obviously there was a lot of emotion, a lot of electricity in the air. At one point, this team was getting booed by the home team. They, they were getting booed, but... Obviously, they persevered. But going back to the tight end position, the the room overall had a okay day only because of Jelani Woods, really. Mo Ali Cox, I mean, he was targeted three times, one catch, nine yards. Kylan Granson, two catches, seven yards, although one of them went for a first down that kept the drive going, by the way. So that was a tough catch. And obviously, Jelani Woods, who had those two touchdowns, it's not the greatest production. You know, there, there's not a whole lot going on there for those guys. But Jelani Woods, two touchdowns, obviously was the player of the game. He has to be the player of the game. He caught the winning touchdown. I have harped on it for weeks, for months, for the last two years. Tight end, you need something from that position. And having that athleticism, you know, Jelani Woods proved why, even though if he's raw, even though he's unproven, he has to be on the field inside the red zone. He has to be on the field because of how tall he is. He can go up and get it higher than anyone else, even if it's a defender on him. And you know what? If the defender wants to make a play on it, it could end up being a pass interference. So guess what? There's another win. You're at the one-yard line. Another win. But for Jelani Woods, man, it was a great shout-out. Shout-out to rookies, man. They just had a great day overall, and I'm happy to have seen this performance from those. They, they, they grew up a little bit. And unfortunately, the position that they're in, it calls for that. You got to grow up a little bit uh, in, in this game, in this sport, in this profession. So moving on, talk about a 360, not even a 180, a 360, Marcus. The defense, the defense, the defense that allowed 24 points to Jacksonville and just held Kansas City to 17. And here's another... Here's another stat for you, Marcus. Three weeks in a row, even though it's been off to a even though it's been off to a questionable start, three weeks in a row, the Gus Bradley defense has allowed zero points in the fourth quarter. They could have as many issues as you want, but that deserves credit. That deserves praise. That deserves game ball right there. 
Zero points to Patrick Mahomes? Zero points? That is magnificent. That is great. I didn't know how long this thing would keep going, but in Houston, zero points in overtime. Fourth quarter overtime, zero points. In Jacksonville, zero points. At home against Kansas City, quite possibly the best, second-best offense in the NFL behind Buffalo, zero points. Not nah, just light work, right? Just light work. That's impressive. That That is really impressive, and that's going to be something that – that, that we have to keep looking for each and every week as the game goes on. I thought the pass rush was so much better. It, it was a 180 from the past two weeks. Yannick Ngakwe was winning that matchup against Orlando Brown. You had DeForest Buckner getting up the middle. Quiddy Pay was being, being disruptive, taking advantage of that matchup against Andrew Wiley, the right tackle of Kansas City. And you just saw the defense of line be disruptive in the past game. Get after Patrick Mahomes get him off his timing, make him a little bit uncomfortable, force him into some of those uncomfortable throws that he likes to make. Even though they look a little bit weird, if you get him uncomfortable making those, they'll be off target like some of them were today, forcing the Kansas City Chiefs to punt. Uh, I thought the run game was definitely solid. Uh, Kansas, City Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs didn't really go for much, much even though a lot of it came from uh, Patrick Mahomes running the football. So, as a team, I mean, they went for, I don't even think, I don't even think they reached 80 yards rushing. So I think uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 35 rushing yards. Yeah. Solid day from the defense. Yeah, absolutely. I loved uh, every second of the defense. Like I said, the defense, I've mentioned it. I said the defense for the Colts, the Colts have been a defensive team for three years. Uh, that's what I've said, and we're going to be honest about it. Um, like the defense, I've really never really had an issue with it. The only thing I really had an issue was just giving up the easy yards, but they even shut that down, honestly, in my opinion. Like some of those big plays from like Juju Smith Schuster and all those things, they were just unfortunate events due to the pass rush not getting there. But the pass rush today did what they had to do. They tried their best. And we're not going to face Mahomes every week. So if the pass rush can be as consistent as it was today, we're going to see some more sacks in the future. Just as simple as that. The pass rush is what we needed, and they did what they had to do. Yannick stepped up today. So happy to see that. Even Hurricane Dial, when he stepped in, he had a good uh, good Harry. Mahomes was running for his life. Just as simple as that. And we know old Mahomes' magic when he rolls out and throws to the opposite side of the field. And my hand count, that only happened four times when it actually worked. Other than that, it was hitting the dirt or going out of bounds. And you just love to see it. So even the enemy, the enemy didn't trust the offense to go out there and try to get a Hail Murray play. He said, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and go into the half. And you've seen the frustration build up from Mahomes talking about, why can't I just throw it out of the field? And there was the miscommunication. So after that sign, it's shown the fear that they had in that pass rush because the defense was getting there. Like I said, they couldn't get the sack, of course, but the fact that they ran him out of that pocket just showing you the, the pressure that we were getting on the offense. So uh, other than that, I love the ability that we've shown with Gilmore guarding up against Kelsey. Gilmore was out there playing really good, like on that one third-yard play when he uh, pretty much got that leg wrap-up. was a beautiful closeout. Uh, Kenny Moore showing his flashes on Kelsey as well. Kelsey had a few drops besides the touchdowns, and you could see the frustration building up in him when he didn't get that touchdown pass. But the closeouts and the defensive scheme that we had, we even seen Isaiah Rogers Sr. today, and that was another good thing that we've seen from the Colts. 
So, like I said, the defense in general, I never really had a huge issue with. But their second half turn up is always a thing we're used to seeing as a Colts fan. And they did that thing. And when Shaquille Leonard comes back, the turnovers are coming back. And that's all I got to say about that. But there was a huge pick at the end of the game that Patrick Mahomes threw. And the crowd just went so crazy because we were just waiting on it. We were like, all right, as soon as sooner or later, he's going to get rushed and he's going to throw a pick. And he did it at the perfect time at the end of the game to seal the win. And the, and the crowd and the team just was something that we wanted to see, man. I loved it. Absolutely, man. Rodney McLeod getting that interception. Stephon Gilmore with the pass breakup that led to that. And the talent that's on this defense, you expected it to play like this. And finally, it took them a little while, but finally they played the way we all thought that they could play. Isaiah Rogers getting some play time. Obviously, Ron Miles and company have been listening. They've been listening to the players. And even Isaiah Rogers had a great play. It was a, a screen to Clyde Edwards Hilaire going to the right side. Here's over Marquez Valdez Scanlon trying to block Isaiah Rogers. And Isaiah Rogers is just driving through that. And he eventually gets him and Kenny Moore combined for the tackle, zero gain, uh, leading to second and 10, which was eventually a punt for the Kansas City offense. Game ball, the defense. I can't say enough good things about him. Stephon Gilmore had a good game. Rodney McLeod had a good game. Didn't see too much of Nick Cross this game, which was definitely, definitely interesting. But who knows? I mean, probably going to look into that a little bit deeper this week when, once the All-22 comes out and kind of compare it. Is Nick Cross, you know, a lot of things that he was allowing in the first two weeks, and then you start Rodney McLeod, he gets majority of the snaps and now the defense has kind of figured it out a little bit, that's going to be uh, something that I'm going to look into later uh, into this week. But the defense finally showing up, 17 points. I think they allowed, what was it, 291 yards total offense against the Kansas City Chiefs, man. That is big time. Now, getting into other things that are big time, clutch Matt Ryan. Clutch Matt Ryan. This is why you trade for the guy. This is why you trade for him. Look, he's had some miscues. He's had some, maybe he was holding on to the ball too long. Whatever the case may be, right? But when it comes down to when it's time to win a game, one drive, you need to make it happen. That's why you went and got Matt Ryan. That's what he did in Atlanta. That's what he's done so many times. He had 42 career game-winning drives. He just upped it to 43, passing Matthew Stafford. That's what he did. Eight of 10. Questionable game, right? Que questionable game. But when it came down to it, eight of 10 on the game-winning drive. The ball was out quick. He had control of the game, and you saw it. You saw it. I, I loved every... Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details single minute of it man Matt Ryan came out and obviously showing all that emotion 
on the sideline, man. The, <laughs> just a great game all around for this team. The offense they had, they were very spotty. They were very just all over the place. It was really bad. But when it came down to it, Matt Ryan in this young skill position group, like I mentioned earlier, they grew up a little bit. They did, man. And Matt Ryan is that leader that you want on your team. Get everybody right. That game went a drive. I don't think I've seen nobody drop the football. Of course, we've seen it at the beginning, but when it came down to it and the team shown that they actually could win this game, nobody dropped the football. Everybody was on all cylinders. They were clicking, and it was working. And this is the same thing we've seen in that Houston game that we could have won if the kick would have just went in on the field goal to win the game. But we've literally seen Matt Ryan lead us to two games, game-winning drives, to try to get us a W. And he is a dog for that, man. And this is some things that you've seen. Some abilities that Mike Ryan is doing right now is what we didn't see last year with our former QB. And it is what it is, but it's just the moral of the story. Like, those plays, like, no QB is perfect. We're going to have some miscues. We're going to miss some targets. Some QBs are going to miss targets wide open. It is what it is at the end of the day. Take it with a grain of salt. He's 37. He is immobile. He's trying to make something happen. The plays when he rolled out of the pocket and trying to escape pressure when he maybe had fumbled a football or took a sack, he's seen something. At the end of the game, on it, before the game went to drive, he threw the ball out of bounds when nothing's open. But if he's running and he sees something, he's going to go for it. It's just as simple as that. He's not Carson Wentz, all right? So you can go ahead and take that out of your brain. But like I said, from what I've seen, he's a true quarterback, elite talent. Reads the defenses, understands. Even Tony Romo was mentioning it. He's seen the disguises of the defense. He threw the layup passes that we needed, that we didn't have last year in this game. All cylinders, when you play a good team, Matt Ryan stepped up and he got it done. And it's just as simple as that. He played a decent game. It could have been better, but he did what he had to do to win. Matty Ice, baby. Matty Ice baby. Wow. Okay. I see where we're going with this, right? Um, again, man. Good. Just good. It, it, this win feels great after two weeks of disappointment. And I, I mean, we both picked against the Colts on, on this game and rightfully so, right? Rightfully so. And didn't we mention it on, on, uh, on the show, this, this preview show, it would be typical Colts to perform the way they have and then beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Go sign Chris Jones, man. Oh, my gosh. Co-signed by Chris Jones. Yeah, I don't know what it is that he said to Matt Ryan. Like, in that situation as the vet, wouldn't you just shut the hell up and just go to the sideline? Like, talk talk your shit over there. Like, talk, talk, talk to the fans. Talk to the fans. Why are you trying to talk to the quarterback when you know the ref's job is to protect the quarterback. So that that was really odd. And also, remember, uh, I can't remember. I think it was the uh, fake field goal, I want to say. Um, before that, Patrick Mahomes was rolling right, and EJ Speed was chasing him. EJ Speed had Patrick Mahomes by the face mask, and Patrick Mahomes was complaining to the ref, hey, man, he had my face mask. But if you go back to the replay, Patrick Mahomes had his face mask too. He was pushing him off from the face mask. So, so the, the ref is just like, you did it too. I don't know what you want me to do. What? Call flags on both of you? So 
it, it was all always good, man. Those are some of the things that we liked. Obviously, Michael Pittman, wide receiver one. I believe it was eight catches for 71 yards, I want to say. Kind of a quiet game, but, you know, when he was targeted, he caught the ball. And getting into some of the things that we didn't like. Now, again, before we get into this uh, uh, segment here, make sure you guys check out the bluestable.com. Obviously, great articles over there. Make sure you go check it out. The link to the website is in the description below. Go ahead and check that out. The articles that we have and everything, all good stuff. It's a great website. But miscommunication. That's going to be one of the things that's going to get talked about a little bit this week. I don't know what the problem is. Specifically, I don't know, but I know it's, it, it involves three people, right? Matt Ryan, Ryan Kelly, Jonathan Taylor. Someone's got to know what's going on, man. Somebody has to know what is going on. Ryan Kelly, either Ryan Kelly doesn't know what's coming Matt Ryan isn't telling him what's coming. Jonathan Taylor doesn't know where to be. Those three interline together. Go back to the fourth and one. You would think Jonathan Taylor would get the ball, but Frank Reich had other ideas. You were in shotgun. Marcus, did I not sit here and discuss the possibility of Legereus Need being a blitzer off the right side? I talked about that, right? So... You would think that would be in the game plan if their scouts are doing their job. So on that play, you see Legereus Sneed right there on the side of Braden Smith, and he doesn't call it out. Hell, he doesn't even tell Jonathan Taylor, hey, man, get right here. Watch out for that blitzer. Jonathan Taylor's on his left side. The blitzer, Sneed, is coming from his right. So Jonathan Taylor doesn't even see him. He doesn't even know where he's at. So... Things like that. Fourth and one, Michael Pittman was just becoming open, and by the time he was open, Matt Ryan was already on his back. Things like that. The free rushers coming up the middle. Someone has got to get a grip up front. Somebody has to. Whether if it's Matt Ryan being better at calling out these cadences, whether if it's Ryan Kelly doing better. Jonathan Taylor, I can't really fault him because he needs to be told where to be at. He needs to be told. So there's some type of miscommunication going on between Matt Ryan and Ryan Kelly, and it it's almost cost – you've seen that it's cost them in two games, almost cost them today. It has to get better. Don't you agree, Marcus? Yeah, 100%. Uh, the miscommunication on the, all those three is definitely one. Even the one when, it, when the A-got was shot, it just walked straight through the middle of, of the line. It's just like – I don't understand. We mentioned this before. It feels like they're not really watching the film because every team we play is sending blitzes and nobody's picking it up. I mean, unless we're running like a hurry-up offense where we're pushing the tempo on a fast pace, that's where we see most of our success as we've seen that. But when it's a really slow, steady game and they're literally just blitzing on third down because we were like two for something on third downs today, which was disgusting, but they're literally sending a blitz almost every third down, and nobody sees it. Not the quarterback, not the center. It's just a miscommunication thing. It's like, what is the offensive line coach, what are we teaching this offensive line to understand that they're blitzing? Like, we're not showing anything. 
And I, like I said, Ryan Kelly stepped up at the end. He got a huge block for uh, for Jonathan Taylor to shoot the gap on the left side between him and uh, Kelly and Quentin Nelson. But before that, it's just the offensive line was just the same old offensive line, struggle after struggle. I don't understand what's going on during the week, and I don't know what they're doing in practice or film room, but something has to change so this offensive line can step up at any type of moment. It's just unacceptable. Yeah, it's the offensive line being a big issue so far through three weeks from what we've seen. I mean, I don't understand what the issues are. Like, if you're these vets, Ryan Kelly and Matt Ryan, why are these things continuously happening? Why are they continuously happening? I don't understand why that's a thing, because they shouldn't be. They absolutely shouldn't be. So the communication has to step up. We can't allow any more free rushers, man. Matt Ryan is not going to make it to the end of the season if, if this keeps up. How, however many times he's getting hit, he's not going to make it. He's not. Now, getting to the offensive line, oh, man, the offensive line just continues to be a disaster. And, and as the season keeps going, as more football we keep playing, we start to get we start to get more answers. Maybe not from the coach himself, maybe not in those press conferences, but if we just watch and study these games, we start to see instead of just coming out of one game and saying, man, what could be the issue? Now you're having multiple games that where you can identify where the breakdown is happening. And I think Danny Pinter should be pulled from right guard. I think he should. I don't blame him for being demolished by Chris Jones. Chris Jones is Chris Jones. I don't blame him for that. But he's getting beat way too many times. And from what I'm seeing, it looks as though Ryan Kelly is having to help him out too many times when he's not supposed to. For for whatever reason it is, Ryan Kelly is looking to double with Pinter. Does he not trust Danny Pinter? Does Chris Strasser not trust Danny Pinter? Maybe this is the game plan they needed because Ryman was hurt in this game and you couldn't sub anyone at left tackle for prior. You're not going to do it with Dennis Kelly. You're not going to do it with Will Fries. So who are you going to do it with? Wesley French, he was active because of Ryman was out. You weren't going to throw him at left tackle. By the way, Matt Pryor had his best game at left tackle, by the way. But, oh, man, it, it was an ugly game on the right side of the offensive line. Something has to happen on that right side of the offensive line because this week, this week, Frank Reich, Marcus Brady, there will be no changes along the offensive line. Okay, well, after these past pathetic two weeks of offensive line play, why do you assume that there doesn't need to be a change? Why? And then you go into week three, and your right side of the offensive line is getting demolished. You would think it would be the left side, right? Because of Pryor. Pryor didn't need Nelson's help today. He did his job against Frank Clark. He did his job against Carlos Dunlap. Frank Clark and Carlos Dunlap sure as hell beat Braden Smith. I don't know what's going on there. I have no idea. Braden Smith is not dealing with an injury. He is not hurt. What is the problem? He keeps getting beat way too much. Danny Pinter, I just think his, his natural position is center. He fits at center better. I don't think strength-wise... He came into the league a little bit 
not as strong as most linemen come in. Remember, he was a tight end at Ball State. Get switched to offensive line. Offensive linemen are offensive linemen for like 10 years. They're working out. They're building that muscle. And for a guy like Danny Penzer, who just started, been a lineman, what, four years already? Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith, and them, they've been linemen for, what, 20? So it's tough, man. But I think if I was to make a change, I think I would do uh, Bernard Ryman at left tackle, Nelson where Nelson is at, Kelly at center, Braden Smith at right guard, and Matt Pryor at right tackle. I think that's where I would go because the right side of the offensive line is just too much of an issue when it doesn't need to be, when it doesn't need to be. I've said that before. What do you think is going on? What do you think should happen with the offensive line, Marcus? Well, I think Strasser should be on the hot seat before anything because this is something that's been going on for three weeks now. And, of course, uh, our offensive coordinator came out and said there won't be any changes soon, so we're going to be continuing to see the struggle on the offensive line, as we've seen today. And I do want to point out that Matt Pryor almost sold the game with that flag at the end, but he did have a decent game. Uh, the right side was still the issue, but Pryor did almost sell. But it's okay because he made up for it. But uh, the right side of the field for the Colts was the issue. I don't understand what's going on with Braden Smith. We need to do something with this moving forward uh, towards the end of the year. At the end, of he needs to be gone. I think we're done with Braden Smith at this point. Um, even at right guard, that's something that they need to figure out as well. I don't know who they need to put there, but Danny P- Danny Pinter just got embarrassed on live television with Tony Romo at the broadcasting booth. Is something you don't want to see at all. Like Tony was just calling out the flaws for the Colts, and that's something that I love to see and why the Colts need to be on primetime more when you have these great QBs and the people in the booth looking at these situations this is something that needs to be addressed for the Colts moving forward. Because if it don't, we're going to see continue to see fumbles from the blindside hits from Matt Ryan and the sacks from the A-gaps shooting the middle because freaking Ryan Kelly got to help out the right guard and Quentin Nelson got to help out the left side sometimes. Like, these issues are going to continue to happen unless we make a change. If we don't make a change, we're going to be in for a long season. Thank goodness we got the W <laughs> because, man... We would have been here all day talking about the offensive line. Yeah, we would have been here all day talking a lot more about things that were not the offensive line as well. But again, there's always some good things that you can take away from it. Rookies stepping up. They're growing up a little bit. Matt Pryor taking control on the uh, final drive of the game to win it. And obviously the special teams unit, man. I mean, to be ready for that fake field goal, that, that that's hard to do. Bobby Okereke was ready for it, and he had great coverage. I I still can't believe Andy Reid went with that. I still can't believe it. He got he got a little too cute. I thought Kansas City had control of the game at that point, but you got to be careful who you give the momentum to, guys. Sometimes a team doesn't take momentum. They're given momentum. And us as Colts fans obviously know about that all too well. But other than that, guys, I don't have too much uh, else to talk about here unless Marcus you have anything else do you want to speak on oh yes I also want to give credit a little bit of credit I still think Frank Reich is still on a hot seat but thank you for finally implementing Naheem Hines into the offense because we needed him today like he had a few flashes but the fact that he was on the field definitely 
creates more space and opportunity for everyone else to get involved. Like Paris Campbell was involved. He was catching the football. Michael Pittman Jr., like you said, he had eight catches, but he had big plays, like big plays, man. Ashton Doolin was still being dueling. But overall, in general, the offense shows some sign of life, and that's better than nothing. Definitely, and there are things to build off for this game. There's another big one coming to town next week, Marcus. What a, what a good one to get in front of the home crowd. It's almost like, can you imagine the people who sold their tickets to the Titans game? Now they're like, oh, man, can I get those back? Hey, <laughs> But, um, hey, I'm still holding on to my Colts-Cowboys one. I'm still holding on to those. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'm pretty sure it's not getting moved from Sunday night because NFL doesn't want to move the the Cowboys from Sunday night football. They want those ratings. They need those ratings. So other than that, it's going to be a must win game uh, next week against the Tennessee Titans. Obviously that rivalry is going to get renewed. Obviously it was ugly the last time the Titans came to town, but we got to get it going now. Hopefully, hopefully we get more updates on Julian Blackman. And uh, I believe that was the only injury we had coming out of this game. So other than that, guys, thank you. Thank you again for listening to the Blue Stable Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to the show. Please be sure to check out thebluestable.com. Make sure you know that link to our website is down in the description below. And make sure you check us out on all social medias. Make sure you're following us. See all the good content we're posting on the stories, TikTok. You know, Marcus is manning that as well. Make sure you're following myself, Marcus. Our uh, links to our profiles are going to be in the description below. And make sure you're subscribed to the Blue Stable on YouTube. Other than that, the Colts are walking away from week three, one, one, and one. Wow, that is such a weird record to have. But you know what? We're stuck with it the rest of the year. One, one, and one. All right, let's let us let's see if we can make it two, one, and one, right? So other than that, Marcus, man, you have a good one. You guys have a good one, obviously. And we will see y'all next week with the preview show of the Colts and Titans. And who knows? may have a little special friend on the show to represent the Titans. Never know. Got to tune in. We'll see you all next week on the Blue Stable Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.